From Relay FM, this is Upgrade, episode 468. Today's show is brought to you by Notion, Electric, and ZocDoc. My name is Mike Hurley, and we're bringing a certain energy today. Welcome to the show, Jason Snow. If Hi, you, Mike. <laughs> good morning. If you would like more context for this, I guess check out our Instagram, TikTok, Mastodon. Well, I don't might, know. Might explain What's it a little happening? bit more, but there'll be some more of that. Uh, over on our various <laughs> video <laughs> social media <laughs> channels. <laughs> I have a snow talk question for you. Comes from Jonathan. Jonathan wants to know, Jason, what is your go-to summer of fun? Summer ro- of fun. Summer of fun. Road trip listening, music, podcasts, audiobooks, that kind of thing. Oh, um, you know, the truth is road trips are long. And the only way you can uh, do it, I think, at least the only way I can do it is by um, switching. So um, I try to kind of go back and forth between music and spoken word. It's mostly podcasts, music and podcasts. I have done audiobooks. I'm not an audiobook person, um, but I did. I was driving to Phoenix uh, for Christmas, and it was just me because my family flew down later. I spent some extra days with my mom. And... I did listen to an audiobook on that trip because I was uh I was trying to work that in but it's not you know it's not my primary thing uh but music and podcasts so like when we were going up to Oregon last month it was and I drove same thing I I drove that one way uh by myself because I can take days off because I'm my own boss and my wife uh, is not her own boss and cannot take so many days off. So I do a lot of that sort of like uh, logistics mixing kind of thing. So she drove back with me, but I drove up there and that was a very much empty my podcast queue. But after a while, you're like, I cannot listen to these people <laughs> anymore. And then I play music for a while and then I go back to the podcast. So I, I think like it's part of this complete nutritious breakfast. You got to have a little bit of the music, a little bit of the podcast and and you kind of mix it up a little bit. I don't think I could do just either um, and that, that goes back to when I had a long car commute and stuff. I, I, I feel like, like I, when I had a long car commute in the nineties, when I was just starting out, um, I had to drive across the San Mateo bridge. It was really, Oh God, I drove so much, spent so much time in my car at that time. Um, podcast listeners know what I'm talking about. Cause a lot of you are doing that right now. Hello. Um, and, and I listened to sports talk for a while and news radio for a while and I like I would switch between them and I came to the point where I was like I can't do this anymore and I literally I bought a CD player for my car because I'm like I gotta listen to something else yep. and then so I can put music on so it's just a balanced a balanced diet is what I say balanced diet commute like commuters that's the bread and butter right we're here for you commuters the, the like podcast industry would collapse if there were no more commutes you know that, but that 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 did happen to certain parts of the industry a little with bit. COVID, but it didn't happen with to COVID. us so much. So no. thank you for that. Appreciate it. Yeah, I, I, we appreciate it. It's true. Now a song. Indeed. <laughs> if you would like to send in a snow talk question of your own, it's very simple. Just go to upgradefeedback.com and you can send one in. Jason, I have some. I would say breaking news. Breaking news. Very good. Breaking. Mac Pro follow-up that came in to us. This is not necessarily, like, we can't confirm this story. Sure. Because it just came in across the transom from somebody who is anonymous. Mm-hmm. So take it for what it's worth, but it's very interesting information. So this came from one of our patented anonymous informants. 
I am an Apple engineer working on the GPU team. It pains me to say that Jason's speculation is correct. The quad chip has been canned with no plans to return. For context, we are actively developing what will presumably be the M5 chip, and the quad chip was only ever specced for the M1 and removed late in the project. There are no plans to create a quad chip through at least the M7 generation. My understanding is that the quad required too much effort for too small of a market. Something interesting that may come in the M8 in future generations is called multi-die packaging. This allows the CPU and GPU parts of the chip to be fabricated on different dies and packaged together, much like how two Max chips make an Ultra. With this design, it is conceivable that we could have three, four, or five or more GPU dies with one or two CPU for a graphics powerhouse or vice versa for a CPU workstation that doesn't need as much GPU grunt. However, as far as I know, no such plans exist yet. Well. Well, indeed. If this report from our anonymous source is true, things not looking great for the Mac Pro. No. At least not the idea of a Mac Pro that some people really want, right? Which is this CPU powerhouse. So to kind of break that down in case you need a little catch up the idea of we were there was a talk of and consideration of taking like four m1 pros would it have been and putting them together to make an m1 extreme effectively or to take two m1 maxes and put those together and make like an m1 extreme chip which would be housed inside of the new mac pro that didn't happen. And what our informant is suggesting is this was only ever planned for the M1. So once the Mac Pro did not come out during the M1, well, that was the end of that. Yeah. It's interesting because the 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 thing here is that um, what I said on, uh, I think it might have even been an Upgrade Plus. But what yeah, I, what we, I said we continued about this... our conversation about the Mac Pro even further in Upgrade Plus. But we spoke about this on the main show, too. When when you're talking about the relevance of the Mac Pro going forward for anything other than this extremely limited use case of some expansion, you know, I/O cards, and otherwise its performance it offers is identical to the Mac Studio. What I said was, if there's a quad chip at some point, then it makes sense. Um, if there is not a quad chip at some point, it doesn't really make sense. And my real question, based on this, if this is true, my question is. Is Apple going to keep the Mac Pro case? I mean, on one level, they can keep the Mac Pro case alive because they've designed it, essentially, and they're going to keep making these new versions of the Ultra chip. They could just keep dropping them Mm -hmm. in there. And and how much expense is that, really? And and so maybe they'll keep it around. But like, if you're looking for a Mac Pro that offers appreciably greater performance than a Mac Studio, you would need to go out... I mean, to this idea, an intriguing idea that you could ultimately make chip variants that 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 have like multiple GPU or CPU dies, which could potentially happen. But you're still, I mean, at this point, we're talking about like six, seven, eight years from now, a very long time. And so if this is accurate, what we need to do is what we is think of the Mac Pro as what we think of it today, like literally today, which is all it is is a Mac Studio with slots for I.O. Mm-hmm. And that's all it's going to be for a while, according to this report. I mean, you know, I would probably assume this is just it. Like, I, I, do I imagine in like seven years they still have a Mac 
Pro like looks like the way it does now. I don't, I don't know if I would. I wouldn't be willing to put money on that. Basically, like, like it maybe it makes sense for right now. It maybe makes sense because they promised it. You know, maybe part of the problem was maybe part of the reason this thing exists is they promised it when they were going to do the four die chip, but then they stopped that plan. But they promised that the Mac Pro was coming, and so here it is. And it's just, and it's just like the 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 ultra chip with some expandability, and that's because that's what they promised they would deliver something, and they're just gonna. I just reckon they move on over the next few years, and the maybe the Mac Studio grows in some way to swallow up more of the market, and the market just gets smaller and smaller and smaller. That is it worth it? Like because the way I would see it, right? This idea of 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 this multi-die packaging, right, that Aaron Form was talking about. I don't, th- if they develop that, they're not developing that just to make, like, configurable Mac Pro machines. It's going to go into other stuff, right? So, like, it doesn't make sense to me necessarily that they would keep the current Mac Pro tower design around for another six, seven, eight years on the hope that they might be able to create a chip tailored for that one. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like this would just go in MacBook Pros. It would go in Mac Studios. I hear what you're saying, but um, I don't. I don't know. Now that they've done a, Ma- uh, a Apple Silicon Mac Pro, I'm not sure that there's much cost in them keeping it around now and just keeping it. Like, literally, they're like, we know how many people. Assuming it sells at all, right, to this market that they apparently want to keep, which is this, you know, audio and video studio kind of market. That they say, okay, we'll just keep iterating that every year or two. Uh, with the new chip, but otherwise making no other changes, and it'll just sit there. And there's not, you know, it's li- of limited cost since they've already got it out the door. It's got cost, but like they made this one, I could see them making others. Yeah, yeah, they, they've done it, and I see that it makes perfect sense. But as that, if I, if someone asked me to put money on it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put money on it. So I'm just not, not sure. Nevertheless, this is a super interesting piece of information. I'm willing to go along with it because it makes sense to me with the way that it was explained. That because the rumors did just stop about this extreme chip. Like it just stopped at a certain point. And that may have been just because they completely abandoned that part of the project, moved on, yeah. that was the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, and that the Mac, right, I do have that question about like if they didn't say yes, we're going to do a Mac Pro and also are living down the legacy of having said no, 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 we care about you and we designed this new Mac Pro, right? Like all that legacy is probably part of the reason that that product exists at all, but we don't know like it's entirely possible that Apple looks at it and says, "Look, this is this is we're not willing to overhaul our entire processor architecture in order to do a different kind of Mac Pro, but we'll do this Mac Pro. This is this is as far as we're able to go, and and that may be true." Yeah, we'll find out. I'm not. I don't know. I mean, I I think I heard well I heard the episode of ATP where John was talking about what we were talking about in response to us. So we can follow back around to that again. And I think maybe you just may mention he made mention to it too the idea of like the Mac roundtable and they got everybody together and spoke about the future of the Mac. And you'll maybe need to remind me, but I don't remember that they spoke about the Mac Pro then, just that there was an iMac Pro. Did they talk about the Mac Pro then too? 
No, the, the way the way it worked was they were they were doing the iMac Pro as the replacement for the Mac Pro, and then they changed direction. Ah, uh, there it is. And the, the roundtable, the they said, for. we yeah. will do a new Mac Pro. Yes. We got the Mac Pro wrong. We are going to make a modular system. Modular they, system. They, yeah. At one point, they were like, the future of the Mac Pro is a closed system. It's an iMac Pro, which mm-hmm. is essentially what the Mac Studio is, right? Like, essentially, that's yep. the same strategy if they were to drop the Mac Pro. And so I think part of them is like, mm, you know, let's keep it alive. Uh, we designed this this thing the enclosure the one time so we've got the enclosure they, they've now built an apple silicon version of it that is they'll, they'll watch i'm sure and and depending on the pain point they might kill it entirely but i would i would probably make the counter argument which is if there's an m2 mac pro there will probably be m3 or at least m4 mac pro as well that's basically the system we've got with the more recent chip on it and it'll have it could have very impressive performance depending on the the amount of uh, gpu cores that they put in the in the future chips, but it's not going to be that quad thing that would really have the big performance we're expecting. But maybe that's okay. Maybe they... It, it, it's the minimal commitment they can make without, you know, doing a larger commitment like doing a quad chip or changing their entire architecture. Yep. So maybe that's what the future of the Mac Pro is, is is what this is. But if this report is right, I think that there are only two futures for the Mac Pro in the near term, which is uh, more of this or gone. Yeah, I think the thing that through me is there was so much in that round table because it was also where we found out about the iMac Pro for the first time, right? Like it was where we'd first heard about it, if I'm remembering correctly. They were talking about like a more powerful iMac as well as a modular Mac Pro, but the iMac Pro was around the corner because it was just about to get rid of the Mac Pro, but they ended up changing course. But yeah, nevertheless, yeah. this I just think this is more example of changing courses in Apple and how it affects the Mac Pro, which I think is just kind of how it always will because it is the thin end of the wedge it's an edge case right yeah. it's an edge case and so when apple when apple makes any sort of like larger company-wide or even platform-wide decision the shape of the thing gets deformed a little bit right or yep. reformed into something new and the uh if you're on the edge right you could discover that yep. the uh your edge has gone right and then you're you're not even in the the bubble anymore and you have to move or or lost yep and i think Nothing shows that more than the Mac Pro we have right now because it was only created because of uproar, right? And so, like, it was this machine created to kind of harken back to the glory days, quote unquote, with the Mac Pro, right? Like the G5, right? Like that kind of era, be like the big silver tower, right? Looking as it does. And so, we ended up with that, but it was just before Apple Silicon. Where clearly in an Apple Silicon world, that's not the design they want either, right? Like, because it doesn't need to be as big as it is now. It only really needed to be that size for when they originally did it, for the few years that they did it, and then halfway through its life cycle, it now has a completely different architecture inside, and all of the modularity, the vast majority of the modularity has now been taken away from it. And so, like, it, it, this, I think this current Mac Pro is like a perfect example of what it's like to be that edge case product where like now it's kind of not fit for purpose because its original purpose was for a very specific thing which now doesn't exist anymore but we still have this case 
No, that's exactly it. There's in our, in our Discord, David Shab's like, oh, that was just a marketing stunt. Uh, it doesn't mean anything about today, but it's like, but but you got to understand the the path that it led to, which is yes. it, it was part of a re. Uh, it, it's not that it's not that they can't break a promise, but they did make a promise, so they're doubling back on it is hard. But also, it set them on a path where they designed that case and they made a lot right. Like, and now that then they've got the case, so they're like, well, we've got the case, so we could do this, and like it, it does lead where. Uh, to where we are now in a way uh, but here we are right that that's the truth of it is like would apple make this decision today of like oh no, you know what we should do is we should build a giant case a giant tower case with slots but it's not those kinds of slots those don't work but these other kinds of slots that very few people use but some people use and, and no you would never do that no. but we are here where they already built that Right. And, and that was the result of the thing that generated that round table. And so that's why we're here. Uh, it's really interesting. But yeah, you, you are right. It's a little like it's like the shoreline moved or a river changed course. And, and the Mac Pro ended up kind of beached. And your choices there are that you either find the water again. I'm just full of metaphors today. Great. Or you uh or or you're you're dead on the side of the on the side of the road i don't know it, it's i mean this is the thing is that is that as the as the pro the profile of the platform changes the products change and the edge case products are the ones that are most likely to die i mean the imac pro also same story right like the imac yeah. pro was a new edge case and then they went back to the old edge case and it died it wasn't needed right the imac pro just wasn't needed after they ended up reassessing the course again. And so... Right, right. Honestly, kind decided... of like, this current Mac Pro feels like the iMac Pro, right? Where it's like, the iMac Pro was born out of a decision, but then they went back on it. And then they made the Mac yeah. Pro, but now they've kind of gone back on that because realistically, for even more people, it's just not a machine that's needed anymore because everything yeah. else is so powerful. Exactly couple of other little bits of follow-up before we move on. Uh, we spoke about this a number of weeks ago, but it's been made official. Lionel Messi has officially joined the Inter Miami MLS team on a three-year deal. His first game will be broadcast on Apple TV Plus with the MLS Pass thing on Friday, July 21st. So that's this Friday. Quote, Apple and MLS production have committed to showing Messi's games with premium quality broadcasts. Coverage of his games... <laughs> Coverage of his games will feature 18 camera angles, steady cam, super slow-mo, drone shots and more to enhance the experience for viewers. That comes from 9to5Mac. Mm. I love that idea of like, they have all of this opportunity, but for Messi, they're going to throw everything at it from yeah. a quality perspective. Yeah, those are going to be their, their A-level broadcast. Yeah. Coverage of his games will also feature Inner Miami, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lionel Messi and into Miami will be and, playing. And, yes, and friends. <laughs> I really wonder what it's going to look like. Like, what what the quality of play will will end up looking like? Well, yeah, that that's right. I'm I'm curious about what the viewership will be. Will Will there be a a broader international audience for these matches because it's Messi and people want to see Messi? I, I'll tell you this. I I would imagine that in Argentina. <laughs> They're going to do a lot of Apple TV Plus. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I feel like at least for these first couple of games, it would be a bit higher, right? Like I feel like there might be oh, some, for sure. some looky-loos. For sure. No, I think I think Messi will bring an audience. I think the numbers will be higher than 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 ever on yes. an ongoing basis too. Yep. But yeah, there'll be a bump at the beginning. 
I'm actually kind of surprised that they're not doing a free game. Right? That, like, one of these is Yeah, oh, interesting. Right? Yeah. One of these isn't the free game, like his first one. Um, I have no doubt that there will be free messy games because I know like they are put they do put some games for free. Uh, it just surprised me that they didn't just go all in and make this like a a, a taster match. But uh, follow up for you specifically, Jason Snow, maybe any oh other radians that care. Uh, Apple's Q3 earnings will be broadcast on August third. That's when the call yep. will be. I'm on an airplane during that. I don't Excellent. know what I'm going to do. Right, mm, got to figure that one out. Do you want me to yeah. sub in? <laughs> Make the worst transcript in history? <laughs> I don't. Um, so I'm trying to figure out if I can change my plane or, or what to go on there. But can yeah. you imagine how many things would have to go wrong before you would ask me to do that? Like, how, how badly could it get, you know, before, before we, we sub Mike in to do the transcript? I think, I think your premise is... Uh, it has one problem, which is it's actually very easy for me to just say, "Sorry, everybody, no transcript this time." Yeah, <laughs> I feel you like would fall below. You exa- fall below. I fall that. below that. Yeah, I fall. Yeah. Be- I fall below it yeah. not happening. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Something there, has yeah, to go there had wrong. To be such such a mistake that mm-hmm. I decide somehow to do it and not just not yep. do it, which would be a big step. So yeah, be wild. exactly right. And you'll be happy about this one. GM dealers are reportedly very unhappy about the idea of GM dropping CarPlay in favor of their own system, which we spoke about a month or so ago. There's a, qu- a quote from uh, a dealer. There is an infinite number of ways that this could go bad, <laughs> which is a beautiful yeah. quote. There's a Detroit Free Press story, which I can't read because it's paywalled for subscribers only, but uh, Chance Miller of 9 to 5 Mac hacked the detroit free press or something maybe just paid i don't know (laughs) maybe just paid or you know what i what i've discovered a little side note what i've discovered um because i subscribe to a a really nice newsletter called the california sun for people who are in california it's really great it's by a guy who used to do the new york times california letter and it's a Substack, basically it's not Substack, but it's a, a a subscription newsletter um that summarizes sort of the news of the day from california with a lot of links and what i've discovered is lots of newspapers have syndication deals so he does a lot of links that are like to msn.com or yahoo or aol.com believe it or not to these places that like republish their articles not behind a paywall so that's a uh a pro first off if you're in california check out Cal- the california sun i think it's californiasun.co and also that's a thing you could always try and i'm sure is part of uh chances uh, wheelhouse too, which is you might not be able to get that Detroit Free Press story from the Detroit Free Press, but what if it's also on MSN or something, and then you can find it there. Anyway, I just uh, CarPlay's not broken. Why fix it? Is the great quote. The risk of failure right. is very high. I don't even know the name of this new system, much much less what benefits our customers can expect. Nobody has had any communication from GM. The new system just can't work. It has to be the best in the market. It's got to be better. Then CarPlay. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah, because it it falls down at the first hurdle, which is how you connect your phone to it. Like that's the first thing, and it, that, but there isn't really a way to do it, so it's just like disaster. Um, somebody wrote in a while ago when we were talking about Apple News. Like I don't know if this is a thing with the Detroit Free Press, but as a thing, like there a lot of uh, publications are in Apple News. So if you have Apple News, it can be a way to get around like the paywall for the one article that you want to read, like have a search for it in Apple News. Just a thought. Uh, I also wanted to do a quick piece of follow-out. 
just because I'm very impressed by this. Uh, underscore David Smith is doing just a superb job right now sharing what he is working on for Widget Smith in Vision OS. He's been making some uh, blog posts about this and his design notes series, uh, also sharing things on Mastodon too. I just want to say if you are a developer working on Vision OS and you're not following what Underscore is doing right now, I think you should because he's being very open about the processes so that he's taking. And I'm also learning some interesting stuff myself about like what this what this system is capable of and what it isn't. Um, there are a lot of people sharing these things right now, but you know, Underscore is not only a great communicator, but he is also building one of the most popular apps that exist, uh, in, uh, like a version of that for this. Mm -hmm. And so I think it makes him like very uh, specifically targeted and focused. And so I think it's really interesting to see what he's up to. The weather app concept that he put together is beautiful too. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. getting me very excited, even more excited for using Vision OS apps. And I'm really curious about this thing that you put in our show notes, which said, oh, do yes. you want to just do it? I don't want to spoil it. You just want to tell people what it is. Sure. Uh, so here, very exciting thing. It's a, it's a first for the Upgrade podcast. I hope that it goes well. We just do a lot of these uh, going forward. Um, I'm sure it's going to be a regular recurring segment. It's coming into college football season pretty soon. On September 9th at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time, uh, the California Golden Bears, my team, will be hosting the Auburn Tigers, Tim Cook's favorite football team, Auburn, coming to Berkeley to Memorial Stadium, historic Memorial Stadium, for an interconference battle between the SEC and the Pac-12, which is going to be 10 soon. And, and Anyway, we don't, we don't talk about that. Uh, two illustrious universities, one more illustrious than the other. Two illustrious football teams, one vastly more illustrious than the other. Playing a game in the evening in California on probably a warm late summer Saturday night in Berkeley. Watch the sun go down literally from the stadium. You can watch the sun go down behind the Golden Gate Bridge across the bay and watch a college football game. Now, I am a season ticket holder of Cal football and have been for many years. And before I had those tickets, my dad had those tickets. So they've been in the family since the 60s, believe it or not. It is a family tradition. I have four tickets. Currently, those tickets are being used by myself, my wife, and my good friend, Philip Michaels, who chips in for a ticket because he, I got, uh, yes, I took, he's such a good friend that I got him to be a fan of a bad football team. Wow, what a buddy. Anyway, what I'm saying is we always have an extra ticket. And so uh, sometimes Phil won't come and we'll bring a couple friends of ours or we'll just invite one person or Phil will bring a friend and we would just, we just work it out. But I would like to now officially say, to Tim Cook, I have an extra ticket for September 9th for Auburn against Cal. Did you know that Auburn is coming to the Bay Area, your home, your beloved football team? They are. And I got you covered. I've got a ticket. Uh, and now, Tim, I know you've got some questions about this. One of your questions is going to be, is this in like a luxurious box where I'm separated from the masses? And the answer is no. Unfortunately, it's not. Those are available, I'm sure. And you could you could go down that route if you really want to, if you really want to be bothered. Is it in the super central 50-yard line donors section where you have to like pay tens of thousands of dollars for the right to pay thousands of dollars for a seat? And you have your own concession area and all of that. Sadly, no. We used to sit over there before they redid the stadium and made those the super expensive seats, but uh, they're, uh, they're, the, these seats aren't those. 
is it a bad ticket? Do I sit in a bad location? I don't think so. It's actually very nice. We're kind of at the five yard line on the on the north end, which is the good place to be. We're on the alumni side, so you're not gonna have to deal. Well, it's a, a night game, so you won't have to be in the sun at all because the sun will already be going down at that point. But anyway, it's a beautiful place to sit. We're about twenty rows back. Uh, great view of the north end zone when the excitement is going on there. And uh, we got the we got the ticket. And Tim, now I know there's one other thing you're asking me, which is, Jason, what does it cost? And the answer is, the ticket is free. It, you would be my guest. You can come sit with us, with me and Lauren and Phil, and we'll watch a game. It's Pac-12 After Dark. It'll be on, I think, ESPN probably. And uh, we'll have a good time. And you know what? If you feel bad about not being able to compensate me for the cost of the ticket, that's fine. Buy me a hot dog or something at the game. It's fine. We'll work it out. If you if you really want to do that, buy me a, a Coke and a hot dog and we'll call it even. But you, it's not really necessary. It's all fine. So anyway, open invitation, Tim. Get in touch. Cal Auburn. Looking forward to it. Um, you know, it's bench seating, but the, the, it's generous enough that we can all squeeze in there and uh, and watch your Auburn Tigers probably dismantle my Cal Bears. And it'll be a lot of fun. I'll teach you some of the Cal cheers. You can teach me some of the Auburn cheers. So anyway, open invitation, Tim. Going to be a beautiful night. Looking forward to seeing you there. If Tim says yes, but only if you wear a red shirt, would you do it? Is a red? I don't think red is an auburn color. Is no, but it? isn't the whole thing about take off the red shirt? Yeah. Oh no, you're right. I mean, why would he do that? I, I, I that would be because it's like a that would be cruel. Yeah, but it's like a challenge, you know. Like I'll do cool. it, but I'll only wear, if this, you know. I'll wear an orange shirt. Okay. I won't wear a red shirt, but orange for the Auburn Tigers. I would do that, but I You'd would wear prefer an to wear shirt. navy. You'd wear an Auburn navy shirt. because navy is in the colors of, of both teams. Anyway, Tim, call me, or you know, have your people call me. It's fine. Yeah, of course, that's also okay. We'll accept people. Also, there's an electron. You're, you're now. You're also saying to yourself, Tim, but I don't. You know, Jason lives in the North Bay. I live in the South Bay. I don't really want to like schlep around, and we're, we're going to mail a ticket in the mail. Tim, I got great news for you. Computers are the future. <laughs> You may have heard of them. And, and uh, <laughs> perhaps you've heard of them. And there is a, a, a newfangled uh, digital ticket system involving the internet that lets me check a box on one of my tickets and transfer it to a friend. So if you get me your email Apple address wallet? or your phone number, then you can receive that ticket and place it in your Apple wallet. Oh, Put it on your watch. That'll on. work. Perfect. And then uh, we can meet at the seats. You don't, I, don't have to, I don't have to give you the ticket in advance. We don't have to meet at the bear statue outside the stadium. We can actually just meet in the seats because you'll have my ticket. So, so anyway, have your people call my people, and by which my people, I mean me. This episode is brought to you by Notion. Project management tools are supposed to help you move faster and stay organized. If you're still jumping between 50 tabs just to do your job, then maybe you haven't found the right tool yet. Nothing will slow you down like using the wrong tools to get things done. That's when Notion comes in. Very exciting news, Notion have just launched a new thing called Notion Projects, which includes new powerful ways to manage projects, and you can leverage the power of their built-in AI features too. Notion Projects combines project management with your documents, your knowledge base, and AI, so you can stop jumping between tools and stop paying too much for them too. In just one workspace, you can do everything you need to get your projects over the finish line, from brainstorming to drafting launch plans to organizing sprints and keeping everyone on on deadline. Notion is incredibly customizable. Everybody has preferences for how they like to view their projects, so you can view everything in whatever way works best for you, whether that's as a timeline, table, or Kanban board. This is my favorite thing about Notion. Like it's wonderful to be able to work with other people, and that's what it's so good at. Like if you have a team, you can have everybody in the same like 
notion and like in the same workspace and seeing all the same data but they have the ability to create their own views of the same data so like using different information different metadata that's inside of a document you could display it as a kanban board you could display it as a list as a table as a timeline and really just take one like database of information and represent it in different ways or for different preferences it's really cool there's also powerful filtering and automation features so you can work exactly the way that you want and on top of all of this notion ai helps you automate all that tedious overhead like summarizing meeting notes or finding next steps freeing you up to do the deep work i've found it actually incredibly cool to take my meeting notes and have notion ai create action items and it does an incredibly good job do your most efficient work with Notion projects. You can try it for free today at notion.com slash upgrade. That is N-O-T-I-O-N.com slash upgrade. And when you use the link, you're supporting the show. So go right now to notion.com slash upgrade. Our thanks to Notion for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So we are in the summer of fun. Summer of fun. And in honor of World Emoji Day that happened yesterday, is your listening to this mm-hmm. is i guess world emoji week now i thought that sure. we could look at our frequently used emoji as displayed oh. in the keyboard sure. inside of ios can we call this a, a can we name this segment can we call it something we can call it whatever you want all right well you know our friend jeremy burge is the uh is the founder of emojipedia although he's no longer involved no longer so why don't there. we call it the jeremy's mm, i don't like that oh that, that okay. one doesn't work for me, but we can workshop it. All right. We can call Fine. it the, the Worldies. How <laughs> about the Burgies? The Burgies. There you go. The Burgies. Uh, I have uh, links in the show notes to my and your uh, most frequently used emoji. thought we could take a look at them, maybe make some comments about them. Do you want to take a look at mine? Tell me what you think. If you've got any questions for me about some of the emoji that I use as represented by the iOS keyboard. Sure. Sure. I have some problems with this, Great. but uh, I'll deal with, with mine. If you feel that this is a decent representative sample, uh, we'll go with it. I would say yeah. Okay. It's enough, anyway. Okay. What do you think of mine? Oh, I, I thought you were going to take me through it. I, I like it. Um, mm-hmm. I, there are some that surprise me. Mm-hmm. I am surprised by the steaming pie. Yes. And... Mm, actually, other other than that, I think this is a pretty good list. Uh, oh, there's the kebabs. I guess I'm a little surprised by that. But otherwise, I think this is a... The, I understand these emotions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I understand why you would... I think I think the fact that you have the microphone emoji is the most on brand yes. of all. The kebab thing that I think you're seeing, this is one of those, like, uh, it's, like it's a cultural emoji from back in the original days of emoji. This mm-hmm. is actually... Uh, called dango which is a japanese treat of sticky rice balls Mm. and the reason that on a skewer on a skewer yeah and the reason that i have this is we are currently decorating our home and it just so happens that in our we're doing like a few different colors in our main area because like our downstairs area is like a very large open plan area but it's split into some like zones and we are actually using pink cream and green and so mm. our downstairs area of the house is the Dango area now, basically. Ah, so that's I why see. that is there, because me and Adina have been making that reference to each other. There are some just emojis that I love in here. So obviously top right is the 
Uh, it's called Heart Decoration, the white heart in the purple box. That is the heart that I have chosen to use because nobody really uses it, so I use it. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. We have the hot face emoji, which I just think is fantastic in tons of different use cases. It's one of the greats. Uh, the salute emoji, which I have pledged my allegiance yes. to. Salute emoji is top tier emoji. Uh, mm. As is the like dotted line emoji face that, thing. That's the Homer retreating back into the hedge yes. emoji, right? Yep. It's like, uh, I'm not even here right yes. now. Another like just excellent, excellent emoji. Um, yeah, so I have I have a lot of emojis that I enjoy here. The, I think this is a pretty good representation. I use eyes a lot. I use the love heart face one a lot. I use the skull a lot. Uh, the, I think this is a pretty good representation of the emoji that I tend to use the most. Yeah, do you have any you want to particularly uh, praise as a great uh, emoji? Mm. Under underappreciated, maybe I don't know. Ooh, an underappreciated one. I mean, you you use so I'll I'll point out you've got the heart, the smiling face with surrounded by hearts, which yeah. I I think of as a an early Mike embracing thing that is actually really nice, which is the I am happy because I feel loved, basically emoji, yeah. and I think that's a really good expression to have in the emoji set, and I think you've always used that really well. Of like this oh, is okay. a. This is me feeling good about that. I do. I use that a lot and I use raised hands a lot. That is like my, that's my universal thank you. I think it's better than the thumbs up. I don't really like thumbs up as like a thank you. I think raised hands is like a really good one. It's like, oh, you're so incredible. That's kind of how right. I imagine it whenever I, so whenever I use why it. the pie? Why the pie? Is that from when I was sending you all those pictures from New Zealand about, about meat pies and why no. America doesn't have meat pies? This is, this <laughs> is kind of like part of a pet name thing uh, so see. i'm, I'm okay. not going to give all of the information there all right all right you but just love hot pie from uh, pot game pie of chicken pot, pot pie, pie as i call my no, hot pie there's a character named hot pie on game of thrones hot pie i don't watch game of thrones so i wouldn't well know. hot pie just wait when you ever do uh you'll see hot pie and you'll be like you see I'm, I'm just not i'm fine with it you know because like for me I feel like all the big things have been spoiled just because of the internet and so it's just like yeah. i'm not interested. you didn't know about hot pie uh, do you know what I didn't? But I'm just going to go out on a limb and say it's probably not that important. Mm, I don't know. Hot pie is kind of important. All right, let me take a look at your emoji here. All right, so All there's right. some. There's some again, already. I to, so I've. So here's the here's the thing. Okay. First off, <laughs> you got another the place, statement. <laughs> the place I I do the place I send emoji the most is Slack uh -huh. on my Mac, uh -huh. and the second place is Slack on my phone or my iPad. The Emoji list that I've got in frequently used uh, on my iPhone and my iPad are so bizarre because it's full of emoji I don't recall ever sending. Okay. And I think it's because I don't send enough of them often enough. Like the one that I sent you has the New Zealand flag and yep. a Kiwi and a, and, a, and an airplane and a, and a suitcase because those are emoji I sent in February when I was in New Zealand. And they're still on the frequently. I mean, you've been talking about Kiwis a lot recently still. So, you know, like for as much, you know. Not via emoji. Uh, is my true. phone hearing words I say in public and then uh, I mean, turning them into emoji and putting them on the list? I don't know who what could that tell. is. So I can see some Jason Snow classics in here immediately. Oh, for sure. For sure. Right. For sure. Blue my heart. preferred My preferred heart is the blue heart. Blue heart. Because the red heart feels too heart. forward. Yep. I do have the red heart in there. 
My wife gets the red heart. Uh, Nobody else gets the red heart. Good stuff. Good stuff. Rest of the world gets the blue heart. Blue heart. I, th- I like the blue heart. I see other people using the blue heart, and I'm like, yeah, I see you. That's right. Red heart That's for right. loved ones. Shrugging man. Yeah, shrugging man. You use shrugging man a lot. That I do. A, well, that's, that's my. That's how I. Uh, that's how I react to the world. Mike is like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't know. All right. It well, is I, an <laughs> adequate depiction yeah, I, I of do mental that. state. I do that a lot. Of like, I don't know why this happened. I do the wink a lot. I I, sure. I enjoy the shush emoji because mm-hmm. you often are ironically. <laughs> <laughs> but I do enjoy that. Uh, sometimes the the detective is on here because mm-hmm. there's that like I'm searching for clues. It's usually again, ironically, where somebody. I is, like uh, detective. Detective yeah. is a really really good emoji. I use that. A pretty lot versatile too, too mm-hmm. right? Um, like sometimes we'll we'll get a, we'll get a conspiracy email mm-hmm. and I will use the detective emoji. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, they've got it figured out now. One that I'm intrigued by is actually the one below the detective emoji, which is the big smiling face with the teeth and the tiny round eyes. Yes. That one is weird looking to me, that emoji. I, I don't like that emoji very much. It's very straightforward. Honestly, I think that's the one I use with my mom because it's like it's okay. very clear. My mom, by the way, just as a side note, my mom does not use the standard smiley emojis at all. She uses the cat set. Oh, the worst set. She, yeah, it's not my favorite, but she is oh, all of the cat set. All of them are cat emojis. I don't she uses like the, the smiley cat, cat and the hard eye cat. She uses all those. I don't use those. But yeah, she no, uses cat those. set is bad. Like uh, I, I don't like that one. I, I honestly, I, this is one of those things. Like why is there? Like why do we need that? I definitely share the rolling eyes emoji with you a lot. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I mean, the wink emoji is probably the one I use the most because I try to use that to to. to get like some tone of voice across of like mm-hmm. yeah you, yeah you it's know. a good one i mean that's what's so great about emoji in general right it's like how they can help you communicate in text just like way more effectively and because it can help you convey a tone that you otherwise yeah, might not be exactly able to do. exactly which is why i use the wink emoji a lot uh upside down f- smiling face emoji i use great that one. that that uh classic that came from uh i i noticed uh our friend joe rosenstiel using that a lot and i just i really love it because it's the right it's the it, it, i i don't even know how to describe it i actually used it the other day uh lauren and i were texting and there was like how do you even express this and i just sent back the upside down she's like yeah that's it which is like oh brother right it's a it's it's a frown but it's a it's also a like <laughs> I'm trying to smile through it, but mm-mm. it's, a, it's, it's not, another not very versatile one. I think like it has it has a yeah. lot of potential uses, which I think those are the best emoji really when you can kind of take them and turn them into something. It's like that's simply for salute. I feel like salute is very versatile. I do have some questions about a couple of emoji. There. All right, sure, go ahead. Saxophone. I. <laughs> I have no memory of sending the saxophone emoji to anyone at any point. I'm nope. sure if I did, it was in the context of nonstop bangers involving sax solos, probably Baker Street. Yep. One of the, one, right? one of the it's nonstop time. bangers. Just one of the old the, time. Or, or, other, or it was with bangers. Jamie and it's some other yacht, yacht rock related uh, okay. sax solo. But again, like the New Zealand stuff, I probably sent it once like three months ago mm-hmm. and it's in my frequently used because... I don't frequently use this. I want to say I, I have the thumbs up. I use that a lot. Yep. I use the eyes a lot. In fact, when I first log mm-hmm. into Discord before we're about to stream live, I put the eyes in the Discord as like we're waking up and paying attention. And we're about to be live. And the curling stone is one that I get a lot of use out of. Of course. I actually do that. And yep. there's an emoji for it, which is pretty awesome, right? It's a like great the, emoji too. The, the sport, 
a sport that you can't you can't miss it. You know what it is. The curling stone. It's right there. It is a really, really good emoji. But I also want to know the poop emoji. Do you use the poop? I hate the poop emoji. I hate that it exists. I I can tell you why, because it's in the same row as the New Zealand uh, flag and the Kiwi. Okay. We were having drinks at a restaurant in Christchurch, and the water bottle that they brought us... um, so they they brought a, a, a basically an old gin bottle, I think it is, uh, full of water and two glasses for our oh, water. Plus, this. we were having beers, uh-huh. and and it was silent pool gin. But somebody had rubbed the letters off of it, so it said silent poo. Uh-huh. And I took a picture of it, and then I I I, I captioned it with the poop emoji because As you would it was the silent poo because uh, I thought it was good wholesome fun, good honestly. wholesome fun. Good wholesome fun, the poop emoji in that context, but I don't use the poop emoji either. There's a salute emoji in there. I'm I'm starting to use the salute emoji a little bit more because I uh, have learned about its uses from you and Stephen and Federico, and and now I'm uh, I I can see the context of the of the uh, of the salute emoji. But you also provided another image. Uh, Slack. Yes, uh, it's actually, and I think Slack does it. That's frequently used in the Slack, not by you, because um, I don't use the troll. Emoji in the relay slack, but Casey List does, and so the yeah. troll emoji is in there. Yep. However, what I will say is, um, I want to point out. So I use emoji in Slack a lot, and that's my primary use. And also, I'm one of the people in the world, other than Jeremy Burge, who has commissioned emoji art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so two of my favorite emoji that I use in Slack are the Skeletor emoji, mm-hmm. which there's a, a cartoon Skeletor emoji, and now there's an Apple-style photorealistic Skeletor emoji. I'd say the Skeletor emoji is often used like the upside-down smiling face emoji <laughs> by me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the reference acknowledged emoji, which used to be a picture of Tony Sindelar, our friend who uh, says reference acknowledged and has popularized it among many people I know. But also now I commissioned uh, an emoji of Tony Sindelar uh, as as an emoji pointing at, in order to acknowledge your re- your very clever reference that you made. Mm-hmm. So those I also use a lot. All three of those emoji are in the Relay FM members Discord too. They are. And people use them. I hate yes. the, uh, the iOS skeletal one. It is very upsetting to me. Oh. <laughs> I find it very upsetting. It uh, is disturbing yes. but the cute skeletor is also available that is fantastic cute skeletor. that is a great one but the one that actually looks like a real skull well, it's, basi- hood? it's basically the skull emoji except yellow and in the purple hood to be extra it's it's skeletor i think it's the yellow that freaks me out to be honest well yeah i mean it's, it's skeletor mm-hmm. i love it though because it's I, I believe those were done by the artist it was actually referred to me by jeremy um, who's done art for Emojipedia. And I was like, I just want to do custom commissions of emo- of, of emojis. And, and then the artist was like, this is awesome. Let's do it. And so now Tony Sindelar has his own emoji of himself making the finger of, uh, reference acknowledged. And it's great. There are a few others in here, obviously in Slack, especially because they shorten it to, to ta-da. The party popper emoji is very yep. successful, which is great. Oh. Somebody celebrating something, you throw that in there as an emoji reaction. I use that It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. I do use the skull emoji sometimes it really just sort of means uh either i'm dead or uh this will kill me (laughs) one of those i use the scream emoji a lot in both in both cases that's the uh whether it's seriously oh my goodness or it's an actual like uh uh this is what makes me want to scream 
I throw that in there a lot too. Those are good. And I want to point out that I have the lion emoji in here. I mostly, there, there are two uses of the lion emoji recently. One of them is that we just did a total party kill uh, that won't, you know, won't come out as is our tradition for several years. But we just played a, an adventure where I uh, ch- ch- turned into a lion and menaced a bunch of casino goers, which is great. So while we were doing that adventure, there was a lot of a lot of uh, lion emojis going around. And the other thing is that certain times Stephen Hackett looks like a lion and we use it to refer to Stephen Hackett. Very fair. When, when he's in a certain hair configuration, he's very liony, and he looks just like that emoji. I think he's aiming towards that right now, which I'm excited about. And finally, I want to say for a, an emoji that does not get used a lot, and I love it, and I also use it in very specific contexts to su- suggest frustration or somebody being monstrous is the Japanese goblin. Is that right? No, no. It's the Japanese ogre or just ogre, depending on what set you're in. It is this, it's like a devil. It's like a red face. Horrifying. Red faced monster. Uh, Also horrifying to you. But it's good though. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't like the one in, um, the one in discord is bad. Uh, the one in Apple. An apple set is so good. It's 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 just this big face, and he's like, ha, 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 in a sort of evil, menacing way, but also fun. I love that emoji so much. And when the moment comes to use ogre, I am there, right? Like I know the instant somebody says something, I'm like, it's ogre time, <laughs> right? Like it's, yep. I know the exact feeling about this. So I've got to say, love- I'm on the Emojipedia website right now looking at this and there are, there are some here that I really like and I've got to say the Microsoft Teams one is excellent. It's like animated on the Emojipedia website and it is actually ha 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 It's great. I love the new Microsoft style of this like cartoony. Like I, I really like the new emoji that Microsoft has been working on. I think it's really, really cool looking. I know it's I, stylized. I do not appreciate the wackification, the goofinesses of the Microsoft Teams emoji of the ogre. The ogre is meant to be uh, a little more menacing, I think. A little more like he's like, is am I in on the joke with the ogre or is he going to eat me? And that's what the Apple one conveys. Uh, Microsoft Teams is more like he's a uh, rubber toy of an ogre. <laughs> True, but but uh, anyway, that's a that's a favorite of mine that does not get used very much. I enjoy the the ogre. Happy World Emoji Day! Happy World Emoji Day to all, Who and happy burgies to all. This episode is brought to you by Electric. Turning a small business into an empire takes real hard work, and you have to keep your ear to the ground for things that will help you take it to that next level. But this can be hard when your attention is pulled in so many different directions, because that is the reality of being a leader in a business. The team over Electric knows that small businesses, maybe like yours, face lots of challenges. And that's why they're on hand to help with time-consuming parts of your business, like standardized device security with best-in-class device management software, so you're able to implement best practices across the board and be ready to scale. And employee onboarding and offboarding that's done for you, saving you an average of eight hours per request. Plus, Electric will help you keep a single point of visibility into your IT environment to control your devices, networks, and applications, while simplified reporting allows you to achieve more and maintain 
important compliance, and proactive IT recommendations and automated workflows that make IT easy to manage even for non-technical users. If you're hearing this and you think that your company could use some of these services but you're not sure where to start, Electrix experts will guide you through the process of establishing standardized IT processes for your organization. We all use computers. We all use many types of computers, and they are important, especially in business. It's how people get their work done, right? They communicate that way. So you need to be able to provide the people in your company with good equipment, but you also need processes, especially depending on the type of field that you're in, to make sure that you're keeping compliances and that everyone's on the same page. You don't want to have to manage all of this yourself. Get Electric to do it for you. For upgrade listeners, Electric is offering a free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones for taking a qualified meeting. Just go to electric.ai slash upgrade. That is electric.ai slash upgrade. Go there right now and get your free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones today for scheduling a meeting. Our thanks to Electric for their support of this show and Relay FM. We're back to the B-Tales, and this time oh. in a public version. Pub- public B-Tales. The public B-Tales. You've had a ton of coverage on Six Colors. I think you had an article for every single beta available, plus a like overarching platforms. Piece. Yeah, we wrote a lot. Of, Dan and I wrote a lot of a lot of stories there too. I appreciate you mentioning it on Connected last week, which I was listening to on my travels. Um, that that you didn't just say Mac stories; you said it in Six Colors too. Oh, that's very nice. Well, we did. We wrote a yep, lot of sure things did. about betas. We did. Yeah, because the public betas are out as of last week. Mm-hmm. Um, the general public can just say uh, give me a beta I'll have it <laughs> and now. you get it give me it I'll just like it. that mm-hmm. uh, your that. focus was mostly on mac os and ipad os that's that that's where you yes wrote your yeah articles. and i wrote half of the platform features yeah. articles too yeah right was this a year where it was easy to write about them we did were you having mm-hmm. to struggle to find things to write about like oh no okay no in fact i mean it, it, it just very much the idea that you write because the way this works is Apple says they're coming out in July, but you don't know when. And you've got some idea that like they usually do it this particular week, but you don't actually know. And you spend time recovering from WWDC. And then you are like, I guess I should install the betas on and live with them. And you start to live with them. And then you do that for a while and you say, hmm, it's now July and those they're coming soon. I better start writing. And the beauty of it being the public beta cycle is you can write about the marquee features and then have a section at the end of your story that's like, and there's a bunch of other stuff too. Talk to you later <laughs> and not cover it or not cover it in as much detail. So I got to all the features that I felt I had time to get to and energy to get to in depth. And then, you know, the rest of them, I, you know, I mentioned a lot of them in passing with maybe a few brief thoughts. And then I'm, you know, cause I'm saving, saving it. Uh, I've got time for the, over the summer to write a, a more full accounting of it. Cause I will write a full review of everything in the fall when these things ship. So I, um, but I did not, I did not feel like I was scraping like iPad OS, honestly. Um, I, iPad OS, I literally wrote the morning when we were waiting for the, uh, the public beta to drop. I just, we were ready to go and I was sitting at my desk and I thought, oh, well, I guess I should write the iPad OS thing right now. So that story didn't take me very long to write at all. And there's not a lot more than what's in that story. Um, but that's okay. Like, that one so that one was fairly easy because there's not a lot in there well the ipad os one is always complicated anyway right and it's why like you know with federico's huge review usually ipad os is just a chapter of the ios review because everything that comes to ios by and large comes to ipad os 
So you like there's a lot of features already in there, and then it's just about like what is different. And so like really, by and large, I think most years iPadOS is probably one of the easier ones to write about. I think we're at the point now where what you're writing about with iPad OS a lot of the time is the new iPad iteration of last year's iPhone feature. <laughs> so those are unique to the iPad yeah. and in that they're not quite implemented the same way as they are on the iPhone and you need to kind of like talk about why. And then in this case, there was some tweaks to stage manager that make it appreciably better that um, I uh, I got wrote about and I made a little video of the feature where there's... Uh, so So as people know... Uh, or or maybe do, do not know, one of the frustrations that I had with uh, Stage Manager and that many other Stage Manager users had is that it was a uh, finally an interface that lets you freely position Windows on the iPad, except not freely. <laughs> Which is like, why? But why? Why would you do this and then not do it? And so like you put a window somewhere and it goes, oh, I don't want the window there. I want it over here a little bit. And the one that bothered me was I like to have one window front and center. And then sometimes I like it just to have like one window over on the side. And it'd be like, oh, you've got two windows. You probably want them side by side. It's like, no, I don't. But but in iPadOS 16, that was what they would do. They would they would just force them to be side by side, and I couldn't drag one into the middle and leave it there. New Stage Manager, the grid is much tighter. So even though you can't exactly position Windows, it, it feels like you can. It used to be you'd put it like I'll put it here, and the in 16 the system would be like, how about a little down into the left? And now it feels like when you say I'll put it here. It just stays there, even if maybe it goes a little bit down into the left, but only a teeny tiny bit. Like it's snapping to a grid, but the grid is so small, so high density that it it doesn't feel like it's moving your window, even if it is a little tiny bit. But the big thing is it it, it is going to honor your choices. So I can work with a main window right in the center, which is where I'm writing, and have like a single reference window that's like a PDF or a web page off to my left, which is usually what I do. And it keeps it there instead of saying no these should be side by side because mentally i like the i like writing in the center of my screen not on one half of it i just don't like working that way everybody can if you can choose everybody can choose differently but uh in stage manager in 16 you couldn't choose so that's all great and um and then they did this other thing that's very funny which is and I know we talked about this over the course of this whole debate about should there be Windows on the iPad. One of the challenges that Apple has is they know that on the Mac, people lose Windows. More novice and even intermediate users, they lose Windows and they don't know how to find them. And Apple has built keyboard shortcuts and system features and trackpad gestures to show all your Windows or show all the Windows in your particular app. And the fact is, people still lose Windows. Where'd that window go? And the answer is, it's behind other Windows, right? So you can't see it and out of sight, out of mind. So they're coming to implement Windows on iPad and they're like, all right, we can't let them lose their windows. And so what we got with iPadOS 16 was this really heavy-handed window management thing that was like, you can't, you, you can't even put a window in front of another window uh, imbalanced because it's like, mm-mm, we're cleaning all that stuff up. The window police were really on patrol in iPadOS 16. But part of the reason for that is this idea that they, they didn't want this, especially since they don't have like gestures for this or a window menu in the t in the menu bar because there's not a menu bar to like get people out of the hit the lost window problem so in ipad os 17 what happens if you click on a window and bring it to the front and it completely covers another window the answer is the back window peeks out the side of the window like like it's leaning leaning to the side going hey i'm back here 
and it just sticks out just a little tiny bit, but it sticks out and there's an animation and everything. It's, I think it's kind of adorable. Also, I think it's a very clever, carefully considered solution. I also discovered that then if you grab the wind, the big window and move it around, uh, the little, uh, the little buddy window in the background will, uh, will move along with the window and occasionally will like pop to the other side and then pop back or pop to it's like, I'm over here. No, I'm over here now. Oh, now I'm back over here. And it will chase your window around the screen, but it's always visible because it doesn't want you to lose it. Once you know that you left a window behind this window, I like it. It's, it's really good. And as a result, stage manager is um, vastly more usable um, than it would have been before. The only, the, the real um, last frontier that they need is to run it without relying on the external screen to have a true kind of lid closed mode where you don't have to keep going mm. back to the main. Cause even if you run it in fake lid closed mode, which I know Federico does where you say, Hey, if I, if I uh, cover the screen with a the smart cover, don't lock the display. Um, there are times when the system is like, you need to go use the iPad screen. Now, if you're on an external display, just, you can't escape it and they need to, they need to address that because I think that that would help a lot. But but yeah, it's um otherwise it's a pretty good feature. So that was what I spent. Yep. Uh, I spent a lot of time with iPadOS 17, and then I sort of like on the morning of on uh, July 12th, I just sort of let it all let it all pour out. Also, a lot of the features that you you say as being in the iOS public beta, we this year decided to just do a story about the platform pe- features that yep. are on iOS and iPadOS and macOS. And so that took actually some of the content out of the iOS story and mm. put it in that in well, that separate story. Like stickers, so sort of check spread in, it around. that kind of stuff, right? Notes, those kinds yeah, of there's features a bu- moved. Over. Yeah, the pass- password sharing, PDF, yep. uh, yeah, the stickers, all of that stuff is in there. The autocorrect, that stuff. Was there any, like, aside from the things you mentioned, any other favorite features across the betas that you've tried that, like, that are really calling out to you, things that you're really enjoying or things that you see potential for? Uh, upon like full developer adoption, well, I like I like the widgets a lot. I have not seen enough widget interactivity to make a decision about that. Yeah, I know there there are some betas out there, but like I'm it it seems awfully promising to have interactive widgets. I've also seen like videos from developers, right? Which I think yes. you've seen too of like some really really interesting stuff that people yeah. are building. Yeah, well, imagine a, cal- a calendar widget that instead of having a list actually had like seven days yeah. <laughs> and you could tap on any of the days to see what was happening on that day all without launching your calendar app. That would be a good feature, right? Yeah. That That is a sort of like base level productivity feature. Or a lot of these, like like my Fantastical widget, a lot of these widgets, weather widgets, have this, um, you know, they have like 10 different widget styles. It's like, oh, you could show this, or yeah. you could show this, or you could show this. And I, I keep thinking that. carrot weather is like this too. It's like, maybe <laughs> imagine this, a widget you tap that a had day some buttons the on day it. Forecast and it shows you that let you toggle yeah. Yeah. between hourly and daily, for example, right? Yeah. How, that's a oh, that's nice, nice idea, right? Rather like not to have stack, to have separate ones. Right. Right. Like, a, stack a stack with the different widgets in it. Yeah. Exactly. So so I think that stuff is uh I think that stuff is good. My PDF uh tests were pretty successful i think that that's going to be a again incredibly boring feature so that's and, the thing, it is a really boring feature until you need it right and then and it's going to be somebody emails yeah. you a pdf and you're like uh or they sent or you got a paper form you're supposed to email back and you're like um the answer is you take a picture of it and then it autofills it for you like that's so 
it's so great. So there's a lot of, um, I mean, there's a lot of little stuff. This, this is the story of these OS releases. I love, I kind of love it. I kind of love it that there are not like, here's a huge earth shattering feature that's going everywhere and it's going to change your life forever. That's not this release, but there's a lot of little stuff, including a bunch of stuff that we've like wanted for a year or two, or maybe even a few years and, and other like quality of life improvement things that I've been very impressed by. So like, whether it's the camera controls and being able to like yeah. take, take your studio display camera and zoom it in a little bit and pan it a little bit and say, this is where I want it, which you couldn't do before. And I, I would talk about doing video controls in the OS and I got this chorus of people every time I would talk about it, who'd be like, Apple's never going to do that. Nobody, real people don't want video controls. And it's like, you know, uh, I mean, they they were saying that because Apple didn't offer it. And so there are always people who are rushing to explain why Apple didn't do something. Uh, Apple did it. Apple did it. Apple said, you know what? Video camera controls are a good idea. And they implemented it. And and they're pretty nice. The mm-hmm. autocorrect that they did, it's pretty nice. The, the password sharing is pretty good. Like, it, there's a bunch of that little stuff that is throughout that um that I like the the uh, let's talk about boring things um as somebody with a server in my house uh the screen sharing app which used to be interfaceless essentially you would click on share screen in the finder on a computer and it would launch the screen sharing app but it was kind of like had no interface it's got like an interface now and they added this like local network high performance mode where you can theoretically like edit video via screen sharing and edit audio via screen sharing, which kind of works in my testing, but still um, like screen sharing, like who was, who was lining up with the torches and the pitchforks being like, give us screen sharing. And yet somebody at Apple was like, you know what? We can make screen sharing a lot better. Let's do that this time. Yeah. And they did. It's real. It's so much better. It's really good. So, you know, it's that kind of release where you may not look at the marketing page and go, oh, you know, this is amazing, right? You may be like, whatever, I don't care. But I think for a lot of this stuff, you're going to start using it. And there will undoubtedly be one, two, three, four things that hit exactly where you live, where, you know, it doesn't have to be the most earth shattering feature in the world. But if you use screen sharing or if you get frustrated by your webcam not being pointed quite right and i'm like all of these little things um you will be happy um also i wanted to mention and this this is something that in podcasts talk about a lot apple podcasts especially about like oh you know apple software that doesn't have the attention to detail it used to it isn't as whimsical as it used to be i noticed several places in this OS where they made decisions, the little window peeking out, out, you know, from behind other windows is one of them where there were these things that were a little bit felt a little whimsical and also were nice touches that were probably unnecessary, but were just pleasant. And like yeah. somebody did the extra work to make them pleasant. One of the example I have of that is the stickers, you know, like the, the stickers in iOS, the fact that right. you can make them holographic or bubble stickers or, you know, like that's <laughs> like a nice little extra thing that wasn't needed, but I love that it's there. Not necessary. Yeah. Well, so here's, here's the one that I think is the best representation of this. In macOS Sonoma, they're unifying um, 
optionally unifying screensaver, wallpaper, and lock screen. Mm -hmm. And first off, I love this because I have like a custom wallpaper and the lock screen was always the generic OS lock screen. And I hated it. It It's like, why are you using my wallpaper for the lock screen? It does now. Uses the wallpaper for the lock screen. It's great. But but the screensaver thing. So the story was like, oh, they brought the aerial screensavers from Apple TV to macOS. Isn't that nice? Yes, that's nice. But what the way they did it is they organized it in a different way where you can like pick Hawaii or you know whatever you can pick specific ones. You don't have to just be like all nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a checkbox that says "Use this as my wallpaper," because Apple has decided that every frame of these 4K videos is so beautiful that you could use it as your wallpaper, which is funny, but I think probably accurate. That's pretty incredible. It's, 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 it's still kind of funny that yeah. they feel that way. They have that confidence. But the thing that blows me away, and this is the unnecessary thing, is if you're using a screensaver as your wallpaper, the screensaver is going and you unlock your Mac. What you would expect, I think, as a computer user, is that when you unlock your Mac, either it would stop immediately and that would be your background, or it would flicker from your from your video that was playing to a chosen frame from it. Neither of those things happen. Instead, when you unlock from the screensaver, your interface comes up. The wallpaper is still playing in on the desktop and it slows to a halt. It is an effect that is subtle, but it's delightful. And it's completely unnecessary. Uh, absolutely unnecessary, but so fantastic, right? Like, and that's that's what it's one of the reasons we love the stuff that they make is like they make these choices where it's like, wh- why even put the energy on that? Oh, because it's just yeah. nice. That's why. And I think it serves. I mean, people can maybe there's a take out there. I'm sure that's like this is the stuff we were missing before, and it's great that it's back and by a grumpy person, or or it, or the more positive way would be like this this is the kind of stuff that makes us nod and be like ah oh, that's apple. And so you know depending on how you're feeling about apple today you might be like ah oh, more of this please or you might be like yep that's what they do. But either way like I just was taken aback by how completely unnecessary it was and yet it's delightful. And like that to me is look not every feature can be like that. But I think that's a quintessentially Apple moment of like saying we need to take time to p- give this the proper fit and finish and saying, well, when they unlock, it'll just jump to a keyframe or when we unlock, we'll just stop it. Obviously, at some point, somebody looked at that behavior and said, it's unpleasant. What could we do to make this nicer? And then somebody else or many people else came up with the idea of what if we wait momentarily and then slow the video and it's like it eases to a stop and then you're hovering in that one frame and that's your background it's just delightful so i think that's representative i i I think these os updates are all really good they're very gentle they're not particularly disruptive i guess that brings us to the big question right which is should anybody uh install them um i've kind of come around on this which is Apple calls it a public beta. So as far as I'm concerned, Apple thinks it's fine for you to install them. Uh, You know, due diligence, you should probably check and see that some app that you're relying on does not break under the beta uh, before you use it. Like if you're going to lose your job, if you can't use this app and you install the beta and you can't use that app, you should check, right? Check, check. Like for us, it's audio hijack. 
And that's why I have a second computer now so that I can, for the summer, use Audio Hijack on computer number two while I'm using the beta on computer number one. So that's that's my due diligence there. But like, I am not comfortable warning people away from these betas like I used to. Because one, I've been using them for a few weeks. They're fine. Maybe they're maybe the mobile devices drain battery a little bit faster. Maybe not. Some of that is probably just the update to the beta. Uh, over time, I, I found my battery life is fine. Um, I don't think it's worse, but your mileage may vary. But, you know, Apple, I know it's a, called a beta, but like it's a public beta. Apple makes these for the public. So if you want to go ahead, as long as you've checked and made sure that whatever app you rely on, if you've got one, uh, doesn't completely break. And there's a small list of the ones that do um, Yeah, out there. You can find it. But other than that, like, sure. I mean, if you want to get access to this stuff, look, that's why they make a public beta. You're the public. Go forth in beta. Can I give you some, I love that, by the way. Can I give you some of my thoughts <laughs> having used iOS for the last week? Yes, please. So I adore the new widgets that they brought in with the interactivity, uh, even just the ones that Apple has made. Like, the home widget absolutely 100% fixes the complaints that we had with the control center toggles. They don't randomly change, right? You can have a recommended oh, nice. one or you can actually specifically say what you want to be in each widget. So you could have multiple widgets for different rooms or even like or for whatever. You could even have it for like me. I could have different widgets for the studio and for home right. and they're not going to change on me. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna footnote this and say um, the number I, I tried this out. I put my number one used um, home item in a widget. It's my living room lights, and what I do is I set the brightness and dimness of them. Doesn't work. Uh, widget. Okay. Widget wants to tap it on and off, I, and I I should file a feedback about this. What you could do is make a scene. Well, yeah, but like tap and hold, I get it that like that that gesture is there to edit the you know edit the widget, so you can't do that. But like, I want the at least the ability to tap on the thing and have it bring up the slider or yeah. or bring up some presets or something. Yeah. But because because on off is not what I need. I need adjust brightness. I need the slider. So I would yes, I would have to create some scenes with it I at different that. which is things clunky, but will do the job again. Right? Okay, I appreciate the workaround. Yeah. Doesn't change my point, which is Apple should solve this. Yeah. There should be a better way to do this. You should not be able to put a home item in a widget and say, oh, you wanted it to dim? No, you can't. Like, they should solve that. Solve that problem, Apple. Yeah. But I like the on and off anyway, because that's mostly what I'm doing, but I agree. Like, if I was wanting to do that, it would be annoying. Um, I love the shortcuts ones. I love that you can have two actions on the Lil Widgie now, right? Like the smallest one. Lil Widgie's got two actions. Fantastic. Lil Widgie has grown up so much. I love so Lil much. Widgie. So proud. Gone to school now and Lil, Lil, a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Lil, Lil Widgie goes to college. I love yep. it. Standby is so much better than I thought it was going to be. I love it. I now have MagSafe docs. I bought the studio neat MagSafe docs. I have them in the studio here. Uh, yes, it is frustrating that I have to take my uh, MagSafe pop socket off, but it's actually the feature is worth it. Like, I, I actually really like the I like the main views. So the one where you can set up widgets and then the photos one. I think they're both fantastic. They're configurable. I have an app that works in this. So Timery has standby widgets. Awesome. 
Like right now, I'm looking at my my phone and it's telling me that I have a timer set for upgrade and how long it's been on the mm. left. And then on the right, it's going between a, a, a clock that I like, a clock face that I like. It's in a stack of also some like photos, like an album um, of my choice. And then sometimes I can swipe over if I want to and I can see um, the photos screen, I guess, which goes between featured images. Or you can see nature, cities, and people. And it just like gently changes and i find it very delightful while i'm recording to just have this little photo frame going so i think standby is fantastic i like it um i do have some complaints one of my complaints is that in that one view where you've got the clock they only have clocks with hands and they don't have digital uh, digital time there's another view that's oh, got digital time. But if you yeah. want to have the time the li- in, in the square, a, in the little square in the one square, in the widget, the widget, yeah. With another one with a widget, you can't do that. You only can have clock faces with hands and it doesn't make any sense to me because I in that view I'm often not close enough to properly parse the hands. I just want a number there. And the number is in the other view, but not in that view. And what I really yeah. want to do is put the time and a widget together. And it won't let me. So again, I should file a feedback. Well, also there will be many widgets that will be able to give you clocks, right? But, oh, I'm sure. Yes, I'm sure. But again, like they David should Smith have the option. Should have they to should have that. the option. There are multiple clocks with hands like available there. Yeah. <laughs> like nine, and different yet no numbers. Yeah, Come yeah, on. Yeah. No, that's a good point. That's a really good. I point. can tell time, but sometimes I just want the numbers. It's far away. I want to see the number and a widget. The share sheet is horrifically broken for me, which is pretty funny. Uh, most of the time, I oh, only yeah. see share extensions for airdrop messages, mail, news, and books. <laughs> I don't know why those ones specifically. <laughs> Notes is the one <laughs> I'm sure. looking for, which is Go not showing up anymore. So I can't add things very easily to my show notes. And also, Shortcuts does a really bad job of appending to notes. So like, this isn't great, but I know it will come back. Uh, and it, yeah, it just is what it is. I've seen some weirdness in there too. Yeah. Not quite that weird, but the, like I've definitely seen some weirdness in there. The funny thing for me, Jason, is it it it, it has gotten worse. Like it was fine at the start. Like <laughs> I love these yeah. bugs where it's like it starts out and there's no problem, but then as you're using the beta, it's just like and no changes happen to the beta. Things just stop working, and it's who knows yeah. why. I I've noticed that AirDrop is is weird, right? Like AirDrop, okay. you tap it, and and I've noticed that there's this sort of like I can't find anything, and you're like. Work it out, and then it goes. Oh, oh, there it right. Is. There's a computer right next to me. I'm like, yeah, you got it. You got there, and I don't know why that is. Just a very weird delay. Although I was thinking, Mike, and this is something I don't think we've talked about. Just I'm going to mention it here. Um, you know that uh, the new feature where you can like tap to or or bring one phone next to another in order to t- to share contacts or set up an AirDrop. I hadn't thought about it before in this way, but this is when I had the, I had a moment of like, oh, that's why. And it's they took the ability to always see other people uh, in AirDrop away, right? That was one of those things that you can you can turn it on for like 15 minutes to AirDrop to anybody, yep. but it's off. It's only your contacts or nobody by default. This is the other part of that feature. This is the... So now I'm with somebody, I, they're not in my contacts or whatever, and I want to airdrop them something. How do I do that? And it used to be you had to go to that setting or have that setting on all the time. And the answer now is that there's a one-time airdrop privilege given by proximity. I yes. hadn't really thought about that before. That makes sense. And so 
that proximity thing is the is the solution to the but what if i want to airdrop something to people i don't know and now you've turned off that feature the answer is bring them close to each other and and then it's the proximity and then you saying yes i will is enough uh approval enough for apple to be confident that you're going to that you've given your permission essentially to receive something as opposed to it just being through the airwaves yep. so anyway you know, you say about AirDrop, that's one of the places that I've been seeing tipkit tips. I'm seeing them everywhere. This is the thing mm. we spoke about. And I think it's actually really good. Like little reminders of features, explanations of settings. So I've seen like when I bring up a photo picker, it says, hey, this app can only see certain images because you said that, right? That's one. And, and so you, you can change that feature. Yeah. I saw one for AirDrop where it's like, hey, you can just bring your phone next to somebody else's phone. Like I am actually quite... I mean, I'm impressed with TipKit. I think it's doing a good job of surfacing features, and I hope that they continue yes. to put the effort into that because I think it is the solve for the problem that we were talking about a number of weeks ago. I think it's actually doing it. Yeah. No, I, I think having looked at that session, it, because it doesn't have to be right away. It can wait. It can it can spread them out. It can You can actually say, like, I know that I've got 15 different tips I could show right now, but I can only ever show one tip every two days or whatever. It's smart enough to do that. I really like that about it. Um, it's you mentioned the photo thing. That's a that's a feature that you know apps are gonna get have to get updated, but I love it. Because in the end, what Apple first tried to do is have this thing where it was sort of like you could choose photos to put in a box, and then the app could see the photos you put in the box, so and that confusing. saved you saved you from having to give them access to your whole library. The new system is you don't give the app permission to see any photos, but the photo picker they bring up, the app can't see the photos in the photo picker. The photo picker is a system photo picker. And you pick the photos and then you press select or press okay or whatever. And then those photos are handed back to the app. Yep. So, which is honestly how it should have been all along. Yeah, it right? was wild that you had that setting of like allow access to all photos or just the ones you choose. And it's like, I don't, I don't know why. I did that in Slack at one point, and then it was like literally I would see the same three photos every time I tried to add a photo to Slack because it only had access to those three photos. I'm like, this is not what I want. Uh, what? I, but but how do you do that? And the answer is, I think that third party apps are all going to basically go to this model of saying, um, "Oh, you didn't give me permission to see all your photos, so I'm going to throw up the system photo picker, pick photos, hand them back to me, and it's more private that way, and it's a better it's a better approach." Um, I mentioned stickers earlier. I think that they're really fun and I like the way that they've done them. I like that we have the emoji stickers, but it's not complete yet because tap backs for sticker tap backs right. aren't working. And that's when I know I'm going to use it more. Yes. I'll be able to bring in my reference acknowledged emoji as a sticker you and then can. use it as a tap back emoji. Yeah. I Amazing. hadn't even thought of that. But yeah, you'll but be it's able not yet. Not there to, yet. Yeah. I, I hadn't actually thought of that, but you'll be able to oh. um, have. I'll send you Scary Skeletor. <laughs> Please. I'll look forward to it. Uh, the keyboard autocorrect is super good. Uh, I like the way it feels. I like the way it looks and works. It's definitely more reliable. Um, I like how it's, uh, the more I'm using it, I feel like it's getting way better at giving me like the next words that I might want to use or a full sentence. You just press this, it like puts them in light gray. You just press the space bar and it fills it all in. Mm -hmm. um, my expectation is it will just get better and better and better as time goes on and it learns from me because that's what the system is yeah. supposed to do. So yeah, it's like not perfect. I don't want to overhype it. It's a lot better. It's not perfect. You can still perfect. make mistakes and yeah. all of that. But there it, are still like there there are I'm still hitting mistakes that they said that they were gonna fix of like it should be going back and correcting a word 
in a sentence once the sentence is complete. Like I feel like there are sometimes there are things that are clearly an autocorrect change that when the sentence is complete, that first word shouldn't say or shouldn't have an apostrophe in it anymore, right? Like right. we're rather than where or something like yeah, that. Yeah, because it, it, it now knows what it the sentence know. is and it knows that that's wrong. But I feel like it's not doing and... enough of that for me yet. Yeah. So. Yeah, I have I have had great success with the thing that always bothered me, which is that it corrects the correct thing to the wrong thing. And now I love the fact that I can tap on it and and put it back to what I actually typed, which is correct. Also, what I've found is that sometimes that underline includes what I typed and other options that are close. Yeah. So what if I type something and it's a little bit wrong and then it autocorrects it to the wrong thing? When I tap that, it will give me the thing I typed that's a little bit wrong, and often it will give me the thing that's the alternate correction that is what I typed, yep. and I can go to that one. So that's all better, too. The visuals for text selection, the cursor, all of that looks nicer, too. More alive feeling, like they've done a really good job with yeah. the UI of all of that. There is a problem, though, Jason, Okay, with autocomplete. Oh, oh dear. The LOL autocomplete for emoji... They've changed the emoji, and they are bad choices. <laughs> so when you used to type LOL in iOS 16, you would get three emoji that would appear in the quick type bar. They would be face with tears of joy, so like laughing with the, with the tears coming out, grinning, squinting face, and squinting face with tongue. I have a, a screenshot in the show notes that shows all of these three. The new ones are winking face with tongue, so you're winking, sticking the tongue out, squinting face with tongue, and rolling on the floor laughing. Who laughs with their tongue out? None of the, like, the, the, the two that they've changed, so they changed face with tears of joy and grinning, squinting face, replaced it with winking face with tongue, which is not even laughing. That's not even laughing. No. And one is literally R-O-F-L. Not LOL. Yeah. The, the emoji is called rolling on the floor laughing and you've made that the LOL emoji, which is too much, right? Like all you really want, like for me, it was just those first two. Like I would use face with tears of joy and grinning squinting mm -hmm. face. Well, and I would just, I have a few things like this where I type the letters as a quick to get the emoji. So like I type LOL and because I know I'm going to get a good emoji, but now I'm getting bad emoji. They have changed it to inadequate emojis for LOL. And they've done a bad job with this change and I want them to change it back. I'm saying it here. I will eventually file a radar if they don't change it. Maybe it will be a new beta this week. If it's still the same, then I will file a radar for this one. Bad emoji well, my, for LOL. My response to that all is upside down face. I would just say, actually, people in the Discord are saying they see different ones. Now, that doesn't make any sense to me. Why is that happening? That they, but anyway, this is what I'm seeing. So there is something going wrong. Maybe it's showing different emoji for different people, but it's, that's bad because they've chosen wrong, the wrong ones here. These aren't mm. emoji that I use very often, and so I don't know why they're here. Please fix. This episode is brought to you by ZocDoc. Have you ever been on the hunt for a new doctor and you ask everyone you know for their recommendation? I mean, makes sense, right? You want a doctor that's actually going to get you, one that's going to listen to you and make you feel super comfortable. Finally, after weeks of searching, you find that new doctor. They meet all of your requirements and then some. So you call their office and you have an appointment available. Then you find out that your perfect doctor 
doesn't take your insurance. Don't worry. Head over to ZocDoc and find and book a doctor who is right for you and takes your insurance. That's exactly what you're looking for. ZocDoc is a free app where you can find amazing doctors and book appointments online. We're talking about booking appointments with thousands of top-rated, patient-reviewed doctors and specialists. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance and located near you and treat almost any condition that you are looking for. These doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. The average wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is just between 24 and 48 hours hours. That's it. You can either get same day appointments. This is exactly what I want when it comes to booking a doctor. I want to be able to see someone now. I don't want to wait two weeks, three weeks, a month. I've seen that before at doctor surgeries. You don't want that. You want to talk to someone now while the thing that's bothering you is still there and bothering you. Then once you find that doctor that you want, you can book them immediately with just a few easy taps. No more waiting awkwardly on hold of a receptionist or frankly using some terrible web service to book them in. Go to ZocDoc.com slash UpgradeFM and you can download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That is ZocDoc.com slash UpgradeFM, ZocDoc.com slash UpgradeFM. Our thanks to ZocDoc for their support of this show and RelayFM. Let's finish today with some Ask Upgrade questions. The first one comes from Josh. If Intel continued to give Apple what they wanted, so they never needed to switch to Apple Silicon, do you think this would have changed the trajectory of the iPad as a Mac replacement? A lot of ifs here. There's a lot of ifs. Um, but I want to get your no. temperature on this. My my answer is no. Okay. And my answer is no because um, I... First off, I dispute the question. I don't think that Apple went to Apple Silicon because Intel gave it Apple what it needed. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that was much less the case than in any of the previous processor transitions. I think it's more that Apple became more and more comfortable with their own chip design, more comfortable with writing features, writing software for that chip, looked at their Intel products and said, why, don't, why do we still use Intel for this when we build our own chip that can do this and do it better? So I think that that's primarily what drove Apple here is that they already were making those chips. Why would they not? Um, I think that uh, alternately, if Apple was like, we just want to keep the Mac on Intel, I think that's maybe what was happening earlier when they were less committed to the, to the Mac going forward before they had that roundtable moment right and that they were viewing the mac as a legacy platform at, which would stay on intel and kind of keep doing what it was doing at which point um the ipad was going to be more of that mac replacement so um i, I think i i can't pick apart this question because i think the path where apple kept the mac on intel is the path where the iMac uh, the ipad is a mac replacement but I don't think it has anything to do with much to do with what Intel gave Apple. I think in the end, Apple one looked at its chip design and said, these are great. We could do these for Macs too. And two decided that the Mac was something that they didn't want to just put in the parking lot, but they actually wanted to make appreciably better by leaning into the fact that they made all these other devices and, you know, they're all mobile devices. Let's point out the Mac is primarily a mobile device at this point, right? Three quarters of Macs sold, roughly are laptops. So they looked at that and said, well, we're a mobile device company essentially, and we excel at this. So let's take the Mac and make it this great new thing instead of parking it. And by doing that, the iPad kind of fell by the wayside as a Mac replacement. So 
I mean, that's my answer. I, I just, I, I question some of the premise, but I, I do think Josh is getting to something here, which is, I think that's the decision point. From the outside, as an outside observer, it feels like that's really the fork in the road where they decided to not keep the Mac as an Intel compatibility old platform and instead um, bring it into Apple Silicon and more aggressively update it and update its features and bring the iOS features over to it and all of that. And that's where we are now. Yeah, I wanted to, inc- I knew that there was a lot of jumps that we had to do, right, to to kind of to talk about this because it it was it is naturally it's a thought exercise right uh but i wanted to bring it in today because i thought that it actually dovetailed quite nicely with the conversation around like the mac roundtable of like what was the ipad's timeline then right Mm -hmm. like if or how would that have potentially been changed like i don't know i mean maybe the ipad was supposed to step up a bit more than it has yeah i i think i think there was probably a moment where they shifted um, effort into the Mac and probably what happened is the effort into the iPad as a priority was reduced at that point, right? Because mm-hmm. you got to get that from somewhere. And if the Mac is really kind of end of life, then you would scramble, I think, more to make the iPad a Mac replacement. And that the stuff we've seen would have been faster and would have been amped up. So not only... You know your uh, desktop class apps, and you know, and Final Cut and Logic, and all this. Like, I think there would have been more stuff like that poured into the iPad side if there were like really the Mac is only going to be out there for, you know, for until twenty five or something like that, and it's going to be diminishing in sales, and we're just going to slap Intel processors into it, and it's going to be for legacy uh, computing. But we're gonna we're gonna build a new platform and. It would have been a Final Cut Pro 10 kind of thing where they're like, old old one's right over there, but we're building the new one over here. Be patient. People weren't patient. And then uh, in a few years, it'll be something that's perfectly suitable for some, and people would still be unhappy with it. I mean, that's what would have happened. But instead, we veered off. And, and, and I think, as somebody who loves the Mac... I think it's a, a great decision to say the Mac is not a legacy platform. The Mac will continue to grow and change and improve. And... As we said a couple weeks ago, part of that decision is doing things like making it very difficult to make a Mac Pro that makes sense. But they made that decision, and here we are. I'll say this. If they had not made that decision, uh, the we'd still have an Intel Mac Pro, I guess. I, I don't know. I guess we maybe we wouldn't. We'd only have an iMac Pro mm-hmm. at that point, a Xeon iMac Pro, and that would be the high-end Mac. I really wish that it was possible to live out that timeline, like really to know what was going to go on, like what was the plan. Man, that would have been... Just like, I'd love to see the, the fascinating alternate history. Mike Hurley in the Mac Multiverse of Madness. Or the yes. Multiverse of Macness? Mac, Yeah, the Multiverse yeah. of Macness. Multiverse of Macness, yeah, yes. I like that. Rob asks, with iPadOS 17 getting lock screen widgets, how long before an iPad gets an always-on display? I mean, it's within the next year. That's what the, I reckon one of the key drivers for the OLED iPad that is supposedly coming within the next year is tying in with this it might be yes. i mean honestly it's probably why yeah. it's in 17 because before ios 18 there will be an oled ipad yeah i i'm willing to hedge and say because remember we had oled iphones and they didn't do always on right mm-hmm. so i'm willing to hedge a little bit but like i feel like my hedge is basically like maybe it's only always on in nightstand Something like that, right? It's only on when it's plugged in. I mean, they could do an LTPO display on an iPad. Yeah. Like, why not? 
So, so, but I think so. I think that this is all lining up, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, you got those widgets on there and then you do a, and then you do an OLED iPad and then you can see the lock screen widgets all the time. But I also wonder about nightstand, right? Do you bring nightstand over at that point too? Which would be kind of nice, but at the very least the lock screen widgets. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I don't think nightstand, because I think nightstand requires the charging as part of it, right? I feel like. It's true. And so... And I think they do that because it is showing more than an always-on display shows, which is why they're like things are continually moving. Yes, and so I think that's why they want it to be like in conjunction with the charging. And it's about well, will the will the iPad get MagSafe? Should do, I think, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Last question. This one we've had in our document for a while, and I just thought it would be an interesting thing to bring up right now. Jack asks: Do either of you use third-party keyboards on your iOS devices? I used to. I used to use Gboard because the autocorrect was better, but then Apple's autocorrect got better. Um, and I have used Text Expander before, but now like most of the apps that I really want Text Expander in, they integrate with really. And uh, yeah, third-party keyboards just never really got that full support that they should have to be completely effective. And again, it's like over time, like I used one of the reasons to Gboard because I used I love the swipe typing, but then Apple added swipe typing to the keyboards. It's yeah. like, well, I have less and less needs for a, for an external keyboard now. Yep. If you would like to send us in your feedback, your follow up, or questions for the show, go to upgradefeedback.com. Also, go to sixcolors.com where you'll be able to read Jason's work. Go and check out all of the wonderful uh, first looks of that, that Dan and Jason put together over at sixcolors.com. If you want more, you want videos and imagery to, uh, that goes along with some of the stuff we've spoken about today. You can also hear Jason's other shows at theincomparable.com and here on Relay FM. I can't wait for the next episode of Downstream because I feel like Hollywood is imploding right now and I can't wait to hear what you and Julia have to say about it. There's a lot going on. There's so much going on. Uh, I listen to so many podcasts. I listen to doing emergency podcasts right now. It's like a it's like a thing. Uh, you can listen to my other shows here on Relay FM. You can check out my work at cortexbrand.com. You can find Jason and I on Mastodon and Threads. Jason is at Snell. I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. You can find the show on Mastodon as at Upgrade on RelayFM.social. You'll be able to find video clips of the show there. Also on TikTok and Instagram where we are at Upgrade upgrade relay i think there's going to be some pretty good ones from this episode so i recommend that you go and check them out thank you to our members who support us of upgrade plus you can get longer ad-free versions of the show by going to getupgradeplus.com and thank you to our sponsors this week zocdoc notion and electric for their support of the show but as always most of all more than anything else thank you for listening until then say goodbye jason snow until when next time I always say until then. It's just how I say it, you know? Sometimes right. you've got to feel... It's like a bookend, you know? Like, I, 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 I said, see. like, until next time at the at the start, and then it's until right. then. You know, it's, we've got to think about it that way. Okay. Until then, everybody. Bye.